Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to this episode of the Tax Rat Podcast, episode 239. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Um, this episode, I speak to Jemima Joseph. Now, Jemima is an investment communications strategist. Uh, she has over 14 years of experience in the investment management industry. Uh, she's a chartered financial analyst and graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Now, Jemima also co-hosts the financial education podcast, FinTalking. And I'll put a link to the FinTalking podcast in the transcript when that becomes available. I spoke to Jemima about effective client communications. Uh, she has practical tips and tricks from the investment communications uh, side of you. And she also has some um, tips about having a difficult conversation with clients, and they come up every now and then. Anyway, let's hear what Jemima has to say. Hello, Jemima. Thank you very much for joining the Tax Wrap podcast. Thanks, Steve, for having me. That's a great look. You're you're an uh, uh, investment communications professional, and um, you're going to tell our audience a little bit about effective client communications, and I'm very interested in finding out a lot more about that. So what can you tell us? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think to the heart of any relationship, especially a client one, is solid communications. Yeah. And um, I think that... Thanks to, you know, uh, advances in technology, the rise of um, digital communications, digital marketing, there's um, different means and mediums for connecting with clients. Um, yeah. And that can be enhancing one-to-one and you can even achieve one-to-many um, thanks to Yeah, yeah. Technology. As you said, technology, it's different. I mean, I mean, way back decades ago, you only spoke to a client when they came in the front door and sat down exactly. across you from a desk or you may have a telephone call, but now it's kind of full-on 24-7 in, in a way. Okay, so in this modern context, I mean, what's what's a practitioner's best approach? Well, I think there's, um, there's so many means out there in terms of, like, methods for communication. So I could walk you through um, sure. some of the ones that are um, most popular now. So yep. um, one that's fantastic, especially for practitioners and um, either – depending whatever their strategy is, whether it's to, to grow their practice or client retention. Um, newsletters, I think they're fantastic vehicles for engaging with your clients. All right. It allows you to personalise your messaging um, and it allows you to kind of work out, I think, over time, what is actually resonating with your client base. Um, and they're very easy to use. I mean, there's one that kind of stands out that I think um, most have either seen is uh, Mailchimp. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. We, we actually it. use that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great in the sense that um, they're quite user friendly. I mean, they've been designed in terms of as a platform to make it really easy for um, for you to use. So you can like drag and drop content. Um, you can personalize your messages, like I said before, so it actually comes from you. So you can give that um, high touch experience so the client really does feel like they're engaging with you. Right, right. Um, you can also segment um, your lists and the newsletters by different client types. So if you know there's a particular group or subsect of your um, client base that is interested in a particular um 
topic or is in a particular, um, so if it's like mum and dads or if it's more like small businesses, you can kind of create these separate lists that help, I see. you know, deliver content out to, to, to the appropriate audience. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, that would be the case with most tax practitioners. I mean, I think most firms have, yes, as you said, mums and dads, that's the the the, uh, the taxpayer sort of side and, and small yeah. business, but also SMSFs, which are um, uh, actually a, a quite a, a significant audience for tax and super Australia. Um, with, with a newsletter, I mean, um, I wanted to ask a question about how much is too much, how much is too too little. I mean, you're talking once a week, once a month. What, what's the standard? I think you kind of have to work out what works best for you. Um, so typically in a business context, I think quarterly is great. Um, uh, okay. In, in terms of um, what, I mean, it all depends on how much you have to share. Um, yep. And I think it's, it's not just about putting out something for the sake of doing it. Um, I think it's making sure that it's um, meaningful what is being said. Um, okay. And also what you're saying is quite authentic and true to, to your organisation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a good pivot into, um, I guess, what you could put in your newsletter. Um, and there's there's quite a lot of content um, you could either create yourself. So um, I know people like to, um, so in newsletters, for example, there's scope to do, uh, basically you could either do an essay or you could do a short and sharp bit of communications. Yeah, yeah. Um, Given people a time poor, short and sharp, I would suggest is the best way to go. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. And do, do, do you think, like, especially, I suppose, news, I mean, as in the federal budget last week, um, there were some announcements in that which were very important for small business owners, a la the asset write-off extension, um, Definitely. loss carry back was just uh, important for people to know. They may have heard about it, but I suppose, um, do you think that the fact that you you are communicating with your clients directly gives that communication a bit more, oh, well, a personal approach. It, it shows Definitely. that you're taking care of their interests. Definitely. I think it showcases multiple things. It showcases your capabilities as a practitioner mm-hmm. um, and you're also sharing knowledge with your client. Um, and I think that deepens the relationship as well. So it kind of ticks two great boxes um, right. for you. Um, I think even with that as a great example, how you can convey that to your clients and newsletter is a great way. Either you could create your own materials yourself, um, like a short piece that says, you know, off the back of last night's budget, these are the top three things that you need to know that will impact you. Um, And even ending that with a nice little call to action that says, you know, I'd be more than happy to um, chat to you about this um, at our next um, catch up or Or something that kind of um, indicates that, you know, there's more to this or that you want to pick up a conversation. Okay. Can, can, can I, 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 not being a communications professional myself, but I mean, I'm in the in the game in a little way, but yeah. calls, to, calls to action, I'll keep hearing the term calls to action, which, which sounds great, but what sort of really makes a good call to action rather than just say, you've got to do this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, I mean, it does come back to that being, um authentic piece I mean if you're going to ask someone to do something you you have to be prepared with the follow-through so okay action could just be um it could be as simple as uh you have a bit of that goes through for example we go back to the budget one these are the top three things you need to know about last night's budget announcement um click here for a video that has me talking through um that means so it could be something simple as that um yeah 
and, and we can talk about videos um, in a bit as well because I think sure. it's a great, um, easy, quick win to do. Or even the call to action could be, um, yeah, these are the top three. Um, I know this is really important to your business, so I'd love to to connect on this. Um, and the call to action could be, let me know when you're free yep. um, for a, um, for a, you know coffee catch up or whatever is appropriate mechanism for okay um, yeah yeah for you, that. You, you just mentioned um, authenticity and authentic communications. Can you sort of explain what? Being authentic is, I mean, in this yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a term that is now a bit overused, I guess, both um, in the industry and popular culture as well. Like, be more authentic. Um, but what does what does that actually mean? Um, I just really think it's being um, true to to yourself and true to how you sound and how you engage. Um, so, if your um, main way of communicating with your clients, you have like a particular style or a particular tone and that resonates well with your clients, then adopting that when you're communicating with them, I think people get hung up with the process of writing and they kind of talk themselves mm. out of, out of um, written communications or even, um, even I think also verbal communications in terms of presentations and, and things like that with the, yep. well, I'm not really in like, you know, I'm not a communications expert or I'm not a writer. I wasn't good at English in school, things like <laughs> that. I think, <laughs> I think there, um, there are barriers for um, getting through at the heart of what your communications are trying to achieve. So I think going back to like first principles, well, I'm wanting to connect with my client because I want to either educate them um, I want to really maintain this relationship. It's an important one to them. Or even um, it's very helpful for um, either front-footing difficult conversations or helping set expectations of, you know, what the um, service outcome could be. Right, right, okay. But doing that in a way that is that replicates how you kind of interact with them. Okay. Up in real life. That's interesting when you say to front foot difficult conversations. I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. <laughs> now you're, you're a communications expert. I'd like to get your opinion on. Um, uh, look, I keep hearing stories from our members. Sometimes they are put in the position where they have to go to their client with a difficult conversation. They have to have the say, look, Harry, <laughs> the tax outcome that we thought we were going to get isn't going to happen. The ATO have, you know, triggered, say, division. 4A or something that you're going to have to pay more tax than what we thought you were going to. Do you have any pointers and tips about having a difficult conversation with a client? Yeah, definitely. I think it comes back to any kind of difficult conversation. The first thing would be don't avoid it. Um, right. I think sometimes the fear of um, anticipating how the other person's going to to react or respond to that bit of bad news can kind of um, make you shy away from sharing with it. Right. I think being honest and open, um, it's great. It's easy to communicate when you have something awesome to share with your client. Sure, yeah. um, it's easy. Like <laughs> you kind of feel compelled to do it. Um, they feel great. You feel great. But it's when things are a bit difficult. Um, so obviously I work in the investment management industry. So when performance is excellent, yeah, it's a great story. Um, right. But when performance come off or markets are volatile, that's actually when you need to, and this is another over-term, overused term, but you kind of have to lean into, into the difficult conversation and just come prepared with the facts of the situation. Right. Um, I think a lot of things come back to 
um, things like numbers and just the realities of either how markets have gone or the change in a tax legislation. Yep. Um, some of those things are, or most of those things are kind of outside of control as a practitioner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think walking your client through what is happening um, and really holding their hand through the experience. Um, and I think that also does tie back to being authentic and even yep. saying things like, I know, you know, you'll be disappointed with this outcome. I know it's not what we had kind of um, initially planned. Yeah. Things like that, that, um, you know, reveal genuine empathy. Yeah. But yeah. also demonstrate, you know, your core capabilities as well. I mean. Yeah. I, I suppose it, it, it's a conversation. You can't always go to a client with bad news and say, but I've got a solution because sometimes there's no solution. I mean, you know, say an, an yeah. IPO, an IPO that you, in your case, you might've in, in, you know, encouraged someone to invest in some float didn't work out. It's just the way it was. I mean, if you don't have a, an answer, so, say you have some bad news for a client in, from the tax point of view, you don't have the answer as in, Oh, but we can get out of this by doing this and doing this. There's no, escape what do you think is the best approach in that regard um that's a that's a great question uh i think it very much depends on i guess what <laughs> what is kind of happening mm. i think also it's about reading your client sometimes they're not good with um or the best way that they handle information is sometimes in drip feed form so as in explaining to them what has happened and then even maybe saying I know this is a lot to process um, if they just need a bit more time to kind of then re-pick up the conversation. So you could say, this is the facts. Right. Um, I know this is a lot. Why don't we pick up the conversation tomorrow? Um, sure. But make sure you don't drop don't drop it. No, like, no, no. So come back to it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And yeah. then they can, they can absorb the news. You can perhaps look for a solution or something better to inform them about. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, also some people aren't, um, I mean, this is more on the, the realms of uh, psychology <laughs> than communications, but I guess it all kind of yeah, yeah. comes oh, back to in, each other. It's all involved. Yeah, um, yep. it's that some people don't like instantly going into solution mode. Um, wow, right. I, I think the, the thing with practitioners and their clients is just by the sheer way things work, there is a bit of an information asymmetry, like, as a practitioner, you're going to know more than your client. I mean, right. that's why they've kind of hired you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think with um, good and bad news, um, investing in taking time to educate your client, walk them through the journey, share your insights. I think that helps for their own um, understanding of whatever they've hired you to kind of yep. do. But you've also enhanced the relationship as well because you've become that trusted, you know, advisor and trusted partner with them. Yeah, to explain uh, yeah, from an informed point of view, I suppose that, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> Jemima, you mentioned a little while ago about videos. I'm interested in, in, in the power of the video presentation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think videos are fantastic. Um, I think the iPhone uh, or Samsung, whichever yeah, yeah, yeah. is out there <laughs> as well, <laughs> um, I think they're great. I mean, everyone's got one and the camera quality is fantastic. I've seen a lot of... Um, a lot of practitioners just do these quick videos. So a great example would be, it's just so relevant now and topical is the budget. Um, if you know your clients or a particular cohort of your client base is, is interested in um, 
you know, quick snapshot of what happened, just pick up your phone, um, record it and just record you speaking to camera, um, pretending as if it was a client that you're talking to. Okay. Yep. Sharing. Um, I think people love, um, seeing you know uh individuals on the screen yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i know i do if, if i get a little video sort of thing i'll, I'll take and i have and have a look at that and and just just short five minute sort of grabs you think yeah, I think even the shorter the better, to be honest. Um, mm. I think they say that people's attention span has decreased even further. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially off the back of um, last year with everyone going digital. There's yep. so much you can consume of a lot of these things. So That's right, yeah. I think keeping it short and sharp and including a call to action as well. Yep. A lot of these... Um, things have a formula to it. Um, so, you know, you present the facts um, and even like these are the top three things that you need to know, like make it very easy for someone right. to, to know, okay, well, from watching that video, it was clear that I should be able to walk away with this bit of information. Yeah. And yeah. then you can insert your call to action, whether that's, um, you know, so if this connects with you, would love yeah. to to catch up with you or whatever is appropriate for. Yeah. I, I would imagine that um, it, just to set the question in the client's mind for them to talk to you at greater length in due course later on down the track. You know, it's exactly. funny. I, I was having a, I was having a conversation just the other day about this past year. You just mentioned about people getting on devices and seeing each other on a screen. Um, I really feel that in the past, a lot of people may have been a bit shy about getting on, get their phone and get, record themselves yep. talking. I think that might be, become less of a problem by now. <laughs> oh, totally. I think everyone's used to seeing themselves on a screen mm. um, and, yeah, perfecting their backdrop. Um, <laughs> okay. That's right. The, the tropical island or the uh, other. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think mm. people are more used to that and that aversion of um, – you know, recording themselves is over because, yeah, we've, we're forced mm. to this um, digital world. So it's not, um, yep. I mean, even videos, if people aren't comfortable with um, with recording on their phone, Zoom, I mean, we're t- connecting over Zoom. Yeah. Great. You can also record on that. Um, if you feel more comfortable at first having a prepared speech, I mean, I, I personally think off the cuff is always better but it takes some time to get to off the cuff um yeah if, if you've got the solid knowledge behind you you can do off the cuff and uh, no problem but i know what you mean yeah, yeah. and would you share would you share these short videos with the newsletter or are you talking social media actually we haven't talked about social media yet what's the yeah so you could you could do both um so you could share it um via your newsletter so things like mailchimp um or other platforms there's many out there mm. you to embed videos um, so you can definitely uh, send that through. I know um, a lot of different organizations do that. Um, mm. It's a way of building your profile as a business owner. So if you're um, the um, partner or um, CEO or whoever, or you're the one that owns the relationship with the client, I think seeing seeing a face um, helps with that brand recognition as well as also validating your credentials as an individual. Um, So newsletters are great. I think social media, as you mentioned, um, that's also another great platform for sharing video. Yep, yep. I I, I wanted to just point out, um, it it didn't surprise me so much, but when I sort of moved into the the tax agent area of, uh, of, of industry, I found 
which I didn't find before that LinkedIn was the big one. Um, I had been yeah. thinking of Facebook and Twitter, of course, but that Facebook, but LinkedIn's it's bigger than I thought. Um, what's your experience? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is fantastic. Um, I think you really, with social media, I think less is more in the sense that there is a desire, especially um, if you're a business owner as well, or if you're connected to um the marketing side of an organization. It's mm. very um, easy to be like, let's get on everything. Let's get, you know, on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I mean, in a business context, Instagram and, <laughs> and all of the wow, other yes. probably yes. <laughs> you can go not crazy. as helpful. You can no. go crazy. I think try and um, try to think of, well, where, where are your clients most, um, where, what are the medium that they use the most? So, mm-hmm. If you are um, like a tax agent that a lot of your clients are more um, small businesses, then maybe LinkedIn is more appropriate than Facebook. Um, it's appropriate for you can share your. So I think even the LinkedIn algorithm, it actually likes native videos better than um, I think videos that are linked back to YouTube. Um, oh, okay. Okay. When you say native, you mean from the user, from the, the person? Exactly. So okay. you just like getting your... Um, phone and just recording that one. I think what you said just before that less is more would um, ring uh, true with a lot of our members, Tax and Super Australia members, because a lot of practitioners are very small outfits or just one person outfits. Um, There's no marketing department. So um, doing social media, yes, I think would be – could be onerous for some people, but um, if you say less is more than once a week, once a fortnight, whatever – Makes it easy. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And I think only, I think really it's about sharing when it makes sense and sharing something that adds value back to mm. the client. Um, and uh, like I mentioned before, you could be creating that content yourself or you could be resharing a post. Um, like you could have seen uh, one of these episodes, for example, from Tax Wrap that you know um, your client base would really enjoy and really connect with. Um, yeah, yeah. You could just reshare that, um, you know, with a little bit of a, um, a comment at the start. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or you'll you, you have the podcast Finn talking, um, which about financial education. I mean, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the transcript when we finally yeah. uh, publish this podcast. But, I mean, uh, sharing that sort of stuff for other podcasts uh, uh, in the newsletter but now what about one's website? If, uh, every firm seems to have a website. Everyone's got a website because people, somewhere for people to find organically. Yeah. Do you see value in, in really updating that website a lot or not so much or what's, what's the best practice? Yeah, definitely. I think websites are fantastic. Um, I think thanks to a lot of companies like Squarespace and Wix, they've made it quite easy to um, kind of, you know, create your own and manage your own. There's templates that really kind of take the design constraint that would have been there in the past and some of the complexities around that lets you kind of, um, you know, create um, and maintain your own website, really. There's there's so much out there. There's videos that explain how to do it as well. Right. Um, I think thinking and reframing website is like a base for, um, you know, driving some traffic um, so driving your clients to your website, I mean, some smaller practices um, kind of uh, miss the, I wouldn't say it's obvious, but it's, I think it's just an opportunity of having an about us page, but that showcases the actual practitioners that work there. Um, yes, yes, that's right. 
and, yeah, and, and, and showcase and the services that are offered by that firm as well, of course. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So then if, um, if uh, you're a tax agent, for example, and you want to produce a short piece that, you know, walks through the budget implications, for example, yeah. um, you could do all of that on your website and then you could share that news article or that, um, that little short piece on LinkedIn so then that all drives them back to your website. Right. Um, it becomes like a, a good um, virtuous circle, I guess. So. Okay. <laughs> Especially if people share it with their networks. So I suppose, Jemima, exactly. just we're coming back to now, we've been talking about your existing client base and how to communicate with the people that you've got. Now, what about growing the people that you've got? I mean, uh, growing the client base. What tips and tra- trips have you uh, for, for us there? Definitely. I mean, I think that all the mechanisms that we've spoken about, so newsletters, videos, social media, your website, um, even webinars, depending on um, where your prospective clients are are kind of um, where they're located and I guess what their preference for absorbing or finding, um, finding you as a practitioner, I think they're all great mechanisms for really um, showcasing. I think when you're trying to grow your book, you're trying to really showcase what you can do for your clients, your capabilities, and how you've delivered good outcomes for your existing clients. Right. Um, So I think all of those mechanisms are a great great way of doing that. Um, I think client testimonials, if it's Uh, appropriate. I was just about to ask you about testimonials. (laughs) How How valuable are they? I think they're great. I mean, even just um, with the podcast, for example, that we do, Fin Talking, uh, Apple has a mechanism where, you know, a user can rate and review your podcast. Mm. Um, and, I mean, they're mini testimonials in itself, whether mm. whether someone likes your podcast or not, or if they don't like it, they'll kind of let you know in right. the platform. Um, so in terms of that, that's a great recognition. But I've seen with many smaller businesses or um smaller you know practice organizations that if you could get um even if it's just a soundbite from a client saying um you know i you delivered this for me i think it has to come back to that authentic thing i think something that demonstrates what you can offer them yep um i think all of that stuff is great i mean you can use mechanisms like a video if if your client feels comfortable (laughs) um, that's right do that and if it's appropriate then that's great. And your website can house all of that stuff as well. Um, I think also LinkedIn, if that is the best platform for demonstrating your practices capabilities or you as an individual practitioner, um, LinkedIn has that referral system where you can give a reference or a recommendation for someone's capabilities. There is a function for clients to be able to do that as well. Um, Something that, um, could be worth exploring as well, depending yeah. on practice and suitability. Well, you got to uh, suss out what your client base is and what new clients you want or don't want, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jemima, there's a lot to absorb. Um, look, just to, to wrap up, uh, can you give us perhaps your top tips for effective client communications? Yeah, definitely. So I think keep it authentic. Um, yep. Short and sharp is the way to go. And I think try something new. Um Push yourself a little bit, whether that's uh, just recording a video, just try it out. See if, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's something, don't um, don't be afraid of trying something new and then testing mm. it out and, and being open to the feedback because I think a lot of it is 
um, putting yourself out there a little bit with these comms and um, seeing what you get back from your clients. And yep. you'll, you'll know if you're hitting the mark because they'll tell you. That's yeah. right. That's like good, good point. All right, Jemima, thank you very much for your time. It's been very educational and um, we, I hope we can speak again next time. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Steve.